1: Dave, we are back, Yes. For, and um, we're, we're talking sports. Your favorite my, topic. Ha- hashtag sports. So, yes. my gosh, we, you and I have had some hilarious moments in the Bowling Point Podcast booth over the years, uh, mostly laughing about the Grateful Dead and or sports. Can I tell you one sports story? When I was when I was a kid, I was on a basketball team, the L N B A, Lancaster Minor, yeah. and he, despite my <laughs> my lanky, tall figure, when everybody said, "Oh, you must be a basketball player," Mike Long and I, my bud. We uh, we tried for three or four years to be basketball players and we were awful. I remember showing up and my team members going like this, oh, no, <laughs> on game night, like, why, why? No, no, no. They are useless on the court. And I just remember getting to this point where I was like, yeah, I'm not a very good basketball player. I miss every every single shot. And I, I think I had one point in a season. And um, I remember uh, the clock was going down. It was like three seconds. And I was... At, uh, at half court. I was looking the opposite way, right? The ball got into my hand. I, was, I wasn't looking at my net. And then right before the bell went, or the buzzer, whatever you call it, hashtag buzzer, I chucked it from, from middle court and <laughs> swooshed it. I'm not even kidding you. And all the parents... All of the parents knew I sucked so bad that both sides of the teams freaked out for me they're like, yeah. like <laughs> the parents <laughs> on the other side of the team so that was my three point uh, uh, legend and it happened and uh, it made my that, mom very proud that and is a, uh, that is a great from that story. point forward I realized that it's okay that I'm not a basketball player, but I tried
2: well, you might have been missing you know a coach <laughs> like we have. I was missing we, a coach we, we have here today. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson, how do we pronounce your last name? Taroba. Taroba. I didn't want to massacre massacre yeah. that at all. Massacre that at all. So, um what we generally do is we get our guests to introduce themselves because yeah. they'll do a much better job than we will. So, why don't you introduce yeah. yourselves to uh, our our uh, listeners?
3: Well, I I guess uh that's that's probably usually the case. I'm I'm not the best at introducing myself, but uh, in terms of me um from Austin, Texas, you know, uh, graduated from the University of Texas in Austin, uh, proud Longhorn, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, have been coaching for about twenty years in some way, shape, or form. Started coaching actually while I was playing in high school. I started coaching even while I was in high school, just some you know kind of side leagues and things like that. It just sounded like fun, um, and then uh, from there went uh, to college with at the university. Uh, planned on doing business. I uh, studied. I started as a business major at UT Austin, um, but I was volunteering on the side at a, a, you know my old local middle school. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Enjoyed the um, just you know I'd be in class. I'd be drawing notes and drawing plays up and and thinking about practice plans and quotes of the day and things of that nature. Uh, <laughs> reading John Wooden books and just uh, yeah. trying to just it was what captured my mind and my heart. So. Um, I ended up switching out of business and went to uh, more of a teaching uh, degree. And, um, you know, from there I've, I've coached at all levels. But um, here now, second year here with the Riptide, um, and excited to be here, thankful to be here. Um, great community um, and a great, um, you know, a great job for me as, as a coach to get a chance to uh, coach in this league, which is a very good league, uh, and coach the group of players we have, which is a great group of guys, um, and a co- coach in a community like this that's so supportive and and uh, so friendly
2: so that's a great introduction
3: um now
2: did you, in your wildest dreams, when you were in Austin, starting to coach, I think you'd find yourself in December, December, Canada, in New Brunswick,
3: <laughs> New Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what? I got to be honest. It never <laughs> it crossed, crossed my mind. mind yeah. Never crossed my mind. So
2: what? How did? What was the journey mm-hmm. to to uh, become the head coach of the of the Riptide? Of the
3: Riptide. Quite a journey. Um. The short of it is. Um, I've coached all of them. so I coached at the University of Texas. and was on staff there for a year. Ended up going back to high school. Coached high school for ten years. Um, got a chance with a guy I worked with at UT to go to the G League, which was uh, getting started back then. I worked with the Bakersfield Jam for a year. Uh, I enjoyed. So it explain it. the G yeah.
2: League for people that might yeah. Know so the NBA
3: G League is the uh, it's kind of like the the minor leagues for the NBA. Right. So it's the farm system. Where, you know, those guys get a chance to play, but also it's a developmental league, so it's just intended to let guys play, front office guys evaluate players, and, you know, give them a chance to get seen locally here in the States as a, as a stepping stone to the NBA. So it's good for not only players; it's good for coaches yeah. and front office folks. And a lot of people got their start in the in the G League that are presently in the NBA but right, on all right, levels.
1: Right, right. And do we do we have G League in Canada as well? Teams? No, there's That's no, just a, just U.S. based.
3: Well, there is a G League team, but the Raptors nine hundred five. Oh, right. So so all of the NBA, there's only two NBA teams that don't have a direct feeding team right, right now. Uh, but um, but Toronto does, and, and it's in, in Mississauga.
1: No, is that an opportunity for, if there's two, they're looking for feeders, is that an opportunity for Riptide or any others? Is, you know,
3: yeah, I, no, it's a good question. I think typically um, they like to put them right next to market, you know. So, for instance, Boston's is Maine, which is about two and a half hours away, Austin's uh, is the Spurs for San Antonio which is about an hour and a half mm. away They like to be close so that they can fly guys in or move guys around pretty quickly um, but but going back to kind of how you know that went from Bakersfield yep. and I didn't think I ever want to be a pro coach because I didn't think <clears throat> pro players you know needed coaching you know there's a perception of the prima donnas they you know that they that they have already arrived what is someone to teach them? And uh, that was a wrong perception on my part, for sure. So I I played, uh, you know, I coached there in in Bakersfield. I enjoyed it. um, And I thought, you know, this is a a level that I would like to be involved with. So, um, but there was an opportunity again, went back to Austin, was uh, managed a facility for basketball and ran a program there and uh, got a chance to get back into G League again. And from there was, uh, I was at Erie and then got a chance to come here.
2: Wow. Yeah. So and we, you were recruited, I take it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was recruited. Uh, I was there's as an assistant in Erie, and then um, you know reached out here. I had sent some information earlier, uh, and I think they were they were in a coaching search and had flagged that that information. And then I'd actually was calling to advocate for other players that I'd coached for this league oh, in the process of advocacy. Uh, they had already flagged my uh, resume, and then it created a conversation that kind of led to the job, which is kind of ironic. Cool. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, you know, being a coach, what, what are some of the elements uh, that really make people succeed or encourage and inspire people to go further and, and, and play to the, their max?
3: I think, number one, um, you got to tell people the truth, always. Um, you got to be very truthful, uh, you know, with everyone. You have to have their best interests at heart. You know, definitely have to do that, and then you can't fake those two things. You can't fake the truth, and you can't fake, you know, giving uh, a crap about somebody and giving, uh, you know, c- caring about how their future unfolds. So uh, I think those two are very important. I think as a coach, you gotta communicate, obviously, but but you have to communicate clearly, frequently. We talk about, you in our in our defense, we talk about ELC communication, early, loud, and continuous. Uh, and we, we find, I've found that that actually rings true uh, away from the court too. Early talk, loud talk, continuous.
1: Mm. Nice. 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 Let, let's, let's dive into that a bit deeper because with an entrepreneurial perspective mm-hmm. in business leadership, this sounds very paralleled. So why, why don't you go through those, those three letters in the acronym? And- <laughs>
3: That's yeah, you know, early for us, like for instance, it could be a pick and roll coverage, and it's always about defense. So it usually starts with our pick and roll coverages. So if we see a, a pick and roll coming, we're you know we're yelling our coverage early. Ice, ice, ice. That's the coverage that we're yelling. That the big man tells the guard, "Here comes a pick and roll, and here's where I need you to to direct the ball." Um, the the guard listens to the prompt and then responds, and you know pushes him into the coverage. The early has to happen right when right when they see it early. And the loud, you know, we, we practice with music, we practice, it's got to be loud enough that it can be heard in a, in a loud arena in a playoff setting in our, you know, in the most hostile situation. So early, loud, and continuous for us, we define that as three times. So they have to yell the coverage, ice, 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 three times for us to consider it to be continuous early and loud
1: hmm. wow that's that's really interesting one thing that you just said uh, talked about hostile uh i've been to uh, a number of the riptide games in the last couple of years mm-hmm. um excited to see more uh the for me for someone who hasn't really been in the sports world a lot mm-hmm. uh it is really interesting the feeling because I, I was always courtside uh with friends who have, have seats the energy that i get sucked into for our team like i'm like you know, yeah. I don't even know these guys, and you know, I'm not even a yeah. big uh, you know sports fan. I'm, I'm a fan as much as I'm a St. Johner. I want to support Riptide. Uh, <clears throat> I can imagine the boys going into situations where the crowds are nasty. What's yeah. the mental conditioning that you can do to keep them focusing on the game?
3: You know, I think it's it's how you practice. I mean, that's you know, everyone. You, we get newspaper reporters that ask us a bunch of questions, and and it's almost boring that that the answer is always the same. But we we practice everything the same way we don't have a big speech before games, You know, we don't have a big speech before a big playoff game. Uh, we practice every day like we're getting ready for a playoff game, so um, whatever conditions, we have to create those conditions in practice, so we do it with what we call cutthroat, You know, which is, um, it's a segment or, or um, a sequence, and basically there's rules, so for you to win the competition, you must, for instance, it's defensive cutthroat, you must, there must be ELC, the coverage must be called the coverage must be executed properly. Um, everybody has got to do their job. We have to finish with a contested shot, and we have to get a rebound on the first attempt, or you don't get the points. So we create the conditions that are the the conditions of perfection, if you will. And even if you if the other team didn't score, but you did it wrong, you don't get the points. You got to pro, you know work on the process and making sure each step in the process is done right, and then you get the points. In addition to getting the stop. So creating conditions where the guys have to do it right, in addition to the result being in sync with what we want,
1: and that's does that, cool. Does that keep them focused in a way that uh, like negative audience uh, uh, communication is not getting into their heads? Is that kind yeah, of yeah? The... I
3: think so. I think it's just it just ingrains. You know, there's an old saying that says you you know in the moments of extreme pressure, you revert to your most deeply held habits, right? So for us, we're trying to build a deeply held set of habits where we can just go back to what we do every day. You know, the talk is there. They trust the talk. They trust the coverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, They know that those guys are in position. We do it every day. We, you know, it doesn't have to be long, but we, we do it right. We do it every day. And eventually they just get to the point where it's the habit of what they do and they trust the habit.
2: I love that. Like it's like becoming unconsciously competent. You don't got to think about it. Exactly right. right. Um, that that is so cool. So you just drill that, drill that, drill that, right?
3: All the time. Yeah, yep.
2: yeah, yeah. What's your uh, What's your favorite uh, John Wooden quote?
3: Uh, man, there's too many. Don't don't mistake activity for achievement. Yeah, is one. Nice one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, awesome. Things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. Um,
1: fa- I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Failing to
3: prepare is preparing to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, build a shelter against a rainy day. There's, there's just a bunch that John wouldn't. Uh, he's pretty he's, amazing. He's, he's good,
2: wasn't he? He was something else. Um, so, in terms of St. John, you know, basketball. What you know, it's a little different than basketball in Texas. I'm, I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, or is it? I mean, I, I, I may, I might be making an assumption.
3: Well. No, I don't think it's different. I think it's similar. Um, The game is the game. Uh, This league is a very, very good and tough league. The NBL is, uh, as a professional league. Mm -hmm. It's probably, you know, beyond the NBA and the G League and maybe the top European leagues, it's probably, I would gather, about the fourth best league, I think, in the world. Really? Uh, And I think it's under. Valued right now, but I think people who know what's going on with it would would, would side with that assessment.
1: And why is that? Like, what, what what makes this particular league so strong?
3: Well, it's because you have seven Americans that can be on a roster. So, for instance, in Europe, you know, and some of those like in Spain or France, or whatever, you can have imports, but usually no more than three imports on a team. So the rest has to be comprised of, of right. locals, right? Right, right? So here you have uh, seven Americans and five Canadians. Both of which are North American sets of players that are playing at a high level in both countries, respectively. So we have a very athletic, very smart, very fast, very skilled brand of basketball because all twelve players are able to are are you know born out of a very competitive basketball situations here in Canada and America.
1: And, and I guess oh, sorry, I guess the the sheer density of population in the U.S. means there are so many more. Qualified kick-ass players from the U.S. Yes, to pull up and round it off. Where in Europe, without the heritage that and that competitive, you know, spirit that <laughs> that really was born out of the U.S. In this type of game, yeah, might be a whole different groove. Maybe, yeah.
3: I yeah and I think I think it's right. I think both sides are growing. You know, American basketball has improved because of the European approach to skill development, training, and the way they've built their system of, of development. And the American obviously style of play has, has been grown and born from just competition and population and love for the game. Um, but yeah, for sure, it's it's a very competitive pool from which to draw.
2: Do you know? Like, I I played um I played some some comp- competitive hockey, played junior hockey, and it was really interesting because I, I played in North Dakota, mm-hmm. right. Um and uh, and then I played in Canada, but w- the Western League would go into the states, and I I noticed a difference when we went to the states, like mm-hmm. Seattle or Tri Cities or Portland or wherever. And what I noticed was Americans, and I'm a Canadian, mm-hmm. but you know one thing: Americans are awesome spectators. Yeah, like I mean, it would be loud, it would be you know what I mean, and we'd be going, oh my goodness, and then we go up to Victoria because Victoria used to have a team, and it would be like, you know, two thousand people, right? Yeah, um, but we went so. Um, and I, it's something about, and maybe this is changing. This is going back years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, but um, but I found uh, Canadians are different spectators. Right? Have you have have you noticed anything like that?
3: I, you know, that's a fair. That's that's an interesting take. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen both sides. I think um, for us, for instance, last year we had the battle 506, and uh, the mayor Don Darling kind of helped get the word out. Scott Van Ward, our president, worked. And works tirelessly, always to help our team. But they got the word out. We sold out, you know, the Harbor Station, and it was, you know, six thousand people mm-hmm. plus in there for one game of basketball. And um, you know, they, they they were representing. I I think uh, I I think and definitely um, for sure, especially St. John's, there's a there's a there's a kind of a blue collar grit and uh, ferocity to uh, what what how they approach supporting their city, their teams, you know, their identity mm-hmm. that I think I saw that in that game just just a really like there was it was loud, it was start to finish it was really cool.
1: That's good to hear. I like to hear that. I love that, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, and how cool is it that
3: uh, for Bottle
1: of 506, the whole community showed up. Like it, there was an ask made. Yeah. Let's sell this out. I remember hearing that on CBC in the mornings like we need to sell this game out just to show the support and and people showed up. Absolutely, and you probably gained a number of new fans uh, as a result.
3: Yeah, it was just such a great basketball setting, you know. And uh, the Harbor Station is—it's a really great basketball venue, you know. Like it's a great size. It's super noisy. The steel roof upstairs, and um, and you know, it was just a fun as fun a game as I've ever been involved with, just intensity-wise, and and both teams playing so hard and so well. It was, it was uh, it was a great great basketball event.
1: What, what's the um, best way for, I'm going to say this community, but everybody's listening to this uh, from other places. Yeah. Um, they all have their own home team. But what, how can we, as a community, support the teams in a way that they can continue supporting the community?
3: Yeah, I think that, well, first of all, people need to understand that the Riptide and or else Millrats have been here for, I believe this is the eighth year. This is the third year of, of the Riptide after the rebrand. Um, but this is one of the original teams in NBL Canada, uh, this in Halifax were the two original teams. So we are part of the history and the fabric of this entire league. So it started here, um, and it's kept going here. Um, w- you know, as with any team, uh, it you know, it needs support. You know, um, financial backing is big, so, you know, fans make a difference. Um, you know, local businesses and, and folks who, who feel like they could help sponsor and kind of help provide services and things for the team and its fans is a big deal. But in general... Uh, just those things. I mean, um, c- corporate folks feeling like they could get something out of the game, maybe sending you know buying flex tickets and getting things, getting their their people to come to games and giving them a reason to kind of do team building and enjoy a good time and mm-hmm. get away from work, but also kind of get together. Um, that's a great opportunity for corporations. Um, and then I think you know families, there's just a lot of flexibility here for for them to get to a game affordably.
2: I know, well, you've been with your family, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking to the loud part, I went with my mother, who was down from the Yukon Territory, and my daughter, who mm-hmm. plays basketball, loves basketball. Mm-hmm. And Bryn, my daughter, she was just loving it, cheering away. And my mom, who wears hearing aids, was saying, it's too loud, <laughs> it's too loud, so, <laughs> so, which, which is a compliment to the, to, to the game itself. Because she was like, why is it so loud, right? But, but she couldn't believe what she was watching um, in terms of the talent.
3: It is. It is a very talented league. Like honestly, I mean, it, again, you will watch. I mean, we had guys here that 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 uh, that are in the G League this year that could be in the NBA in three years. The league is really taken off. So the cool. quality of players super high.
1: How many teams in, in the in the league?
3: There's ten teams. Ten. Okay. Yeah, and they're looking to expand kind of westward and get to British Columbia and all that stuff. But yeah. Ten teams.
2: Cool. I, I, I'm just thinking of um, you know, like we're kind of at the end here of the the interview. There's so much more. I kind of I'd like to learn from you. One of the things I'm curious about is. Um, and I and I and I feel like I'm doing this U.S. Canada thing a lot here. I don't, and, okay, and, but yeah. I just interested in your take. But is is Canadian basketball started to to take off a little? Like Big I remember time. I remember like a decade ago or more? You know, with Steve Nash, right? Absolutely. And, then, and we're and if that's what it feels like, and yeah. I, I enjoy the game, I appreciate. I wouldn't you know be as experienced or, or knowledgeable as I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I kind of have that sense. Is that was that accurate?
3: Absolutely. I mean. Uh I mean, I was at the University of Texas, you know, or I'm a graduate, so Tristan Thompson went there, mm-hmm. Corey, Jeff- uh, Corey Joseph, I should say. Um, you know, there's just a lot of good basketball players that, that are coming out of Canada. Uh, the, the developmental system's big time, and, and uh, the quality of player uh, coming out of Canada is, is huge. I mean, I think at Duke, the, the, one of the top players there, I think it's Barrett, uh, is a Canadian. Um, so j- just it's just... It's just taking off big time
2: i'm making an assumption here but i'm assuming part of the importance of is is to watch the riptide play good basketball and it's a Mm -hmm. good but but it also probably there's kids that come out and watch and say i want to do that yeah and and it and i i'm guessing it spawns programs that help kids develop in a sport that maybe had if the team wasn't here they wouldn't maybe have the same access to playing high quality basketball big
3: time yeah and we have a player andrew holmes who's with us Who's a local um, former you know high school player came out of here, um, and um, he's 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 with our team now. He's one of our twelve members, a local Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So so he's uh, he brings it every day. He's prepared every day. Um, Really um, values the opportunity he's getting, but he's he brings value to us in the way he prepares and the way he um, leads through example and through effort. Um, So yeah, and he's I think one of his big. Um, reasons and wanting to, you know, reach out and get involved was he grew up in this area. He realizes that um, that there is a chance to influence many young folks uh, and to show them that, that there's there's a way to get things done, um, you know, and not to uh, sell yourself short before you get a chance to do it.
2: Nice. Yeah. Love it. So you, um, how do people learn more about you and your philosophy and, you know, um yeah, I think I your think your favorite John Wooden quotes. And... <laughs>
3: uh, I, number one, before I you know talk about all that, I, I do want to say something about uh, number one, our players. We have a good group of guys. It, it makes um, what what I do and what we do possible. Makes it enjoyable. So our our players are really really um, a good group of guys. Coming coming ready to work every day. Second thing I wanted to talk about uh, just real quick. I know the time is short, but. Uh, there's a player I used to coach in Austin. His name's Miles Hutchison. Uh, and, you know, just yesterday Miles passed away. He was in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I, I bring it up for this reason. Miles, uh, and 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 it goes back to what we talked about, um, kind of the topic of what y'all do and everything in leadership and and um, teams and um, I talk about Miles because he deserves it. Number one, um, but this is a guy who's <laughs> he was 13. I used to work at a facility. And Miles, every day he came in, he looks you in the eye, he shakes your hand, he says he's happy to be here. Uh, I think we could all learn from that. Mm. You know, uh, every single practice that Miles was involved in, his talk, his energy never wavered, mm. never wavered. Uh, I think it's something we could all learn from in, in, in all our organizations. Anything you ask Miles to do, he did it. He did it. He did it the first time. And if he messed up, he'd ask you why, how he wants to get it right and he would be the definition of a growth mindset. He would just fix it, and he would do it gladly. Um, you know, DeMiles always, and authentically, always wanted the best for his teammates. Like, he, if he's playing, he's having fun, he could shoot it well, but, it, but if he's on the bench, he is standing, he's completely engaged, he wants you to do better than he wants to do himself. Mm. And, um, so you My- and again, you we were talking about leadership. We're talking about companies. We're talking about teams. Uh, miles was that way.
2: A role model, eh?
3: Oh yeah. And he, uh, and so miles, um, miles Hutchison, one of the best I've, I've ever met. Um, and, uh, at 17, it's funny. He, he, um, I talked to his dad last night and, uh, he, you know, I told him the truth, which is, you know, miles had things figured out at the age of 16, 17, that, that sometimes I'm still trying to figure out and uh, how to just just uh, live with joy, um, give of yourself, uh, enjoy what you're doing, um, and uh, so Miles is, is is the best I've seen. Uh, I want to make sure that I acknowledged you know his role uh, and contributions to an influence for me, but many others I've been around. Um, but I, I'd like to make sure I acknowledge Miles.
2: What an awesome tribute, man!
1: Yeah. Well, the, wow. you know what? Even just hear hearing your story is just Spun my mind into say yes, of course we you know we gotta show up this way, and, you know and transitioning that right into the workplace. However you show up, wherever you show up, yeah, showing up the way Miles shows up,
3: yeah. Just think about that, you know, changes it's, everything uh, because
1: we could bring in those. Miles might not have at certain points been thinking he might have had a bad night or who knows what, like, uh, but he's still bringing it right because that's a decision. Day. It's that you said the growth mindset. It's the that positive mindset that is contagious, and it's work. It's not easy, yeah. But it, but it's very, very doable. And Miles, is the example of that. So thanks for sharing that, man.
3: Absolutely. And one last thing is, is, is Miles, never made it seem like work. <laughs> right. So that that's the other part of it that uh, he just made it so much fun.
2: Wow, that's powerful. I mean, I'm, i bet you his parents would really appreciate you sure. know, you sharing that and. and uh, I'm just thinking of a couple of kids. I want to make sure they hear this about how you show up and be a good teammate. And oh man! How you show up as a as a good individual, and um, that's powerful. Yes, so sir. I'm sorry for your loss.
3: No, no, no. Just I want to make sure. Uh, again, it's not something I normally would do, but uh, no, Miles nice. is 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 uh, he's he's definitely worth uh, the mention, and um, and I think that's the best way we can uh, remember Miles is just how he did everything he did. Awesome. How
2: do people uh, learn more about you, you Nelson, know, your special guy.
3: Uh You know, I have a Twitter, I guess. Uh, it's uh, at Coach Tirova, C-O-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-O-B-A. Um C-O-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-O-B-A. I guess that's the best way. But uh, the best way to find out about me is to come help our team, uh, <laughs> to come help our players, um, and to help uh, the Riptide organization stay vibrant here and powerful here, energetic here in the city. The best way to, to find out about me is to find out about our team.
2: Awesome. Well, I think I think we're lucky to have you here. Riptide's lucky to have you, and uh, I got. I, I, you've certainly made an impact on me. I got to show up to more games. <laughs> well, Dave, you and me together, man. Yeah. Let's do this. Courtside,
3: That's... you know the right people. <laughs> I sure do. Right, exactly. I sure do. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks, Nelson. Appreciate Absolutely. it, man. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleash.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep that pot boiling.